You're not fake, Lionel. No, I'm a real puppet. You're as real as real can be. Yep. You keep it we real. We love you, Lionel. Yeah, Lionel. word, dog. <laughs> Is around me. Your 
Everybody in the car, come on, let's drive. It's Soul Revival Digital. Are you ready? People don't know what I'm talking beep about. Beep. That's Mambo number five, if you hadn't thought. Um, it's great to see you. I am actually wearing a hat because, uh, you know... Dirty hair. No, it's not dirty. Oh. Um, dirty! But, uh, I n- need a haircut, and I can't get a haircut. So I think I'm going to do the COVID shave. Yeah, quite a few people have yeah, been doing that. Get a mullet, Joel! Um, Cassie, get nice to have you on the panel again. Thank you, Joel. How are you? Oh. Great, it's good to be back. Thank you very much. Thanks yes. for having me. Well, that's all right. Well, I was just, um, we were just chatting just before we came on air. Oh, by the way, we should introduce our friend Lionel first. He's um, back again. Lionel, you're <laughs> back. <laughs> How you Hi. Go- How are you going, man? How are you uh, feeling this week? Feeling good, feeling fine. Oh, excellent. Now, uh, something that we could talk about is that uh, something that you might see in the newsletter this week is we are uh, implementing a system to find out how everyone is going. Now, I uh, the best way to think about it is a traffic light in terms of green, amber, and red. And it's kind of just a quick, simple intro about how we actually know how you're feeling. So even if you want to drop in the comments how you're feeling right now, do a red, yellow, or... <laughs> green. Green? <laughs> it's like, green what means are the, go. Green means go. That's right. Um, well, the reason that we're saying that is that it's a good way to find out quickly how everyone is going. So a green, it means you're feeling great, going well. An amber is, oh, I'm struggling a little bit, might need a bit of Poor help. Amber. Poor Amber. Poor <laughs> Amber. We feel sorry for her. Yeah. And uh, the red is means I'm really not going well. I need someone to chat about chat about it. The reason that we do that is to keep an, a really good uh, handle on how we're going because, uh, as you may have seen, we are about to go into another four weeks of lockdown, which is a little bit frustrating, but also it's just a good way to keep uh, – a handle on how we're going across the church. So if you have any ideas or concepts around that, it's great, but check it out in the newsletter. It explains how it is. Now I can talk to Cassie. How are you, Cassie? Yeah, pretty good, pretty, pretty good, pretty what good. What colour? What colour are you? Would you like to tell oh. us? How are you feeling? Look, I'm probably not a green. I, like, okay. Any other day probably, but um, yeah, like I didn't get much sleep last night because my children have decided it's it's – not isolate, it's ice awake. Um, so <laughs> Good one, love that one. Long, long jokes. Very nice. Um, so, yeah, they were kind of up every hour last night, like waking each other up, which was great. Well, thank you for joining us. Despite oh, that no happening. worries. Yes, I can understand. I, I would say, um, Lionel, just to answer your question, I'm probably a green at the moment. I had a okay sleep, still got a few, few wake ups with the little bub, but uh, I was able to get some good sleep in between that. So, and I'm glad to hear you're green like me. That's right. I'm <laughs> stoked that you are here with us. I'm stoked that we're doing this sort of digital, which makes me excited that we're at least able to do something for everyone in lockdown. Yeah. I'm I, sorry that Cassie's now called Amber. 
<laughs> I don't know if she's called Amber. I think she said she's feeling, feeling Amber. She's vibing. She's, she's in Amber. Amber at the moment. Oh, between Amber and Green. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> oh, I see. Because I had my coffee. So oh, oh, excellent. <laughs> Just like all mums, they like to have the coffee, don't they, Lionel? Yep. Yep. For the Need the coffee. Okay, I'm going to talk to Cassie for a second. Is yes. that okay? Okay. <laughs> all right, cool. Cassie, um, something that you are, like you talked about having children waking you up. You're on maternity leave at the moment because you've got uh, your son Marlo. Yeah. Who is, how old is he now? He's four months. Okay. And yep. he's, very, he's very cute. Um, but something that you're, you're on maternity leave now from a job where I've, I've always been really impressed with the way that you um, teach your students. Mm-hmm. Or the way that you can, I've never been in one of your classes. Oh, hilarious. But the way that you actually explain how you teach your art classes, because you're an art teacher. Mm. Why, what's important to you about art and why is it really important that you focus really hard on teaching those students about art and knowing the purpose of it? You put me on the spot there, Joel. <laughs> um, it's my job. He's good oh, like that. look. There's so many reasons why I've chosen to be an art teacher. Um, I was super inspired by my art teacher at school, um, Mr. Albie, if you're out there, if you're watching, inspired by you. Mr. Um, Mr. Albie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he was so inspiring and he, um, yeah, just, just loved art and he had such a passion for it and, um, he taught that to us and it gave me that passion, instilled that passion in me. Um, so that's kind of what made me study visual arts I think um and then becoming a teacher I think there were also so many inspiring teachers um especially in my senior years good old Kiriwee High School mm-hmm. um and yeah I could definitely see myself doing that when I was in high school so um because of their inspiration so yeah um teaching art yeah I think it's super it's a super important subject or as are all the creative art subjects um the most important in my opinion oh. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry you about know, you're teaching those critical thinking skills and those yep. problem solving skills and um it's just, therapeutic too it's therapeutic and you know you're interpreting the world in your own way and creating beautiful things and, and i think that, that. expressing the beauty of the world and also the disaster of the world and communicating messages um, in different ways. Um, so I think that's super important. You brought us those, um, those artworks around the Jonah readings that we showed in the previous digital services. <laughs> Are you ever going to reveal what you did for those <laughs> or not? They were awesome! <laughs> they were awesome. Oh, I think a lot of people who know things about you know, materials and things would be able to figure it All out. Right. Well, but, uh, I'm going to continue sleuthing on that. Yeah. Can we put them on the roof like that Ninja Turtle guy does? Absolutely. Who? Which one, Raphael? No, the know? guy who puts the paintings on the roof. Da Vinci. Oh, mm. Leonardo, Leonardo yeah. Da Vinci. <laughs> Absolutely, we da can. Vinci let's stick it. Let's stick them on the roof. Was it Michelangelo? Did Michelangelo do it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's why he said the turtle. Is Michelangelo? All of them. All of them did it. Yeah, a Ninja Turtle. That's why. Yeah, they like pizza, like me. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, thank pizza. you for joining us in the intro, guys. But we're going to be back very, very soon with uh, Tim, our children's pastor. He's going to chat to Michael. Welcome back, everyone. We are joined, of course, by one of our very favourite guests. Uh, but first, I'm going to introduce our children's pastor, Tim Bielhartz. Tim, how are you today? Uh, I'm going well, thanks, Joel. Feeling good? I am feeling good. I'm feeling green. 
Oh, excellent. Yeah. You're feeling green? Yeah, excellent. Feeling That's great. good to hear. Me too. Oh, you're feeling green today, are you? <laughs> Look at me. Hello, Lionel. Green. How are you, Lionel? Green. Green. You're very green today? Yep. Given feeling the, green. Looking the, green. Giving the green light to everyone? Yep. Excellent. Not very mean, though. Or just green lighting yourself? Yep. Okay. But on. I'm not mean, just green. <laughs> and I'm not a machine, I'm a puppet. Is it easy being green? No. No. Have you spoken to Kermit about that? Yeah. What did he say? I helped him write a song. You helped him write a song? Well, it was mainly me. Really? He took all the credit, but that's all right. Oh, are you not getting royalties? Is that why? Yeah. Oh, that's a bit disappointing. But you have been working on, you were working on a song last week, weren't you? Yep. And have you, uh, you know, fleshed that out a little bit more? Yep. Wow. Can you give us a rendition? Maybe. Now? Yeah, yeah, give it to us give now. You want it now. Next verse of my song is Glen 20, all in one cleaner. That means fight crime on the weekends. Wow. And how's the YouTube channel going? Is that going well as well? Uh, I haven't been able to start it yet. I thought you said you had two subscribers. Yeah, I stopped. Ah, uh, why? Creative differences? Yeah. Like you had with Kermit? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay, that's it. I'm sad. I'm, I'm, it's sad to see that Kermit has gone into the, onto the successes that uh, he has had, and here you are in Soul Revival Digital. I say better deal. Not too late. Not too late to follow your dream, Lionel. So. Yeah, that's right. Unless you end up marrying a pig. No. No. I'm a puppet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, uh, <laughs> do you want to take over and talk yeah, to Yeah, uh, let's do a really smooth transition there. Yeah. To, um, so smooth. <laughs> like me. That is, yeah, yeah, smooth. Are you smooth? Uh, I don't know. You're I'm fluffy. You are a bit fluffy. You are fluffy. Yeah. Um, but I use conditioner. Oh, I can tell. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> what did you want to talk about, Tim? What do we want to talk about? Well, uh, today we're talking about encouragement. So it's, uh, you've been a great encouragement there to Lionel. Joel. Thanks, Joel. Um, yeah, thanks. Um, giving him encouragement. Hey, Lionel, I was wondering, what, what are some of the things that encourage you other than your conditioner? Um, what are some of the things that encourage you? Um, nice words and people colouring me in. People oh. colouring you in. I love all the colouring in. It looks great. Well done, everybody. Yeah, well done. There are some great colouring ins that have come through. And uh, if you get the kids' newsletter, you'll have seen the colouring ins that have come in so far. Um, the ver one of the verses today was, talks about how we do encourage each other. You must encourage one another and keep on going while there's still time that it's called today. Um, and so it's great to be able to encourage each other. You can encourage Lionel by sending in your colouring in. Hey, Lionel, what are some of the things that you could do to in, uh, encourage other people? Um, colour them in. You could colour them Get a text uh, and start colouring them in. That would be fantastic. I think that people would really appreciate that. Yep. Yep. Excellent. Um, I don't know if their parents would, but... Maybe their parents might not. No. Maybe not permanent marker. Permanent mark, no, no. Yeah. The ones that easily wash off might be a little bit yep. better. And um, watercolors, water, water, water colour, ha! Yeah, <laughs> would be great. Uh, that is one of the things we're thinking about. So uh, there's a there's a text to Lionel. Oh. Um, I can't reach. You can you can colour in Joel a little bit later. Oh. Um, <laughs> great. <laughs> Come uh, here, Joel. An artist at work. Here we go. Beautiful. You're feeling blue. 
I'm not sure where blue fits on the uh, on the spectrum of colours, but that was a great encouragement. I'm sure the people at home were encouraged as well. Uh, we're going to listen out to the Bible reading now. We're going to keep listening out for the ways that we can encourage each other. Uh, and Joel's going to speak to us later about that as well. Are you feeling encouraged, Joel? I'm feeling very encouraged, but I think it's going to be joy. It's going to be joy, yeah. yes. I, I thought you threw me under the bus there. I might have to do a sermon. <laughs> <laughs> no, you could do it. Joy and Joel will uh, encourage us. A little, little bit more prep time. A little time. bit late, That's yeah. Right. Yep. Yep, we'll yep. be back soon. Thank you. Hebrews chapter 3. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters, who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honour than Moses just as the builder of a house has greater honour than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. But Christ is faithful as the son over God's house, and we are his house if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and hope in which we glory. So as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness where your ancestors tested and tried me, though for 40 years they saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation. I said, Their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, I am back on the panel because we we're just about to have the sermon. But as we as we always do, we like to have a quick chat beforehand. And I'm joined by Jai, who's going to be preaching for us today, and Ethan Crawshaw. Hello. Uh, we've been talking a lot about our feelings today, Ethan. How are you feeling today? Um, on the on the on the scale, yeah. Tell um, I'm feeling light. pretty green. Green. Um, having a it's a good day today, I think. Um, and part of that is because I'm also feeling very Olympic today. Oh, are you? Greater gold. You're not part of the Jamaican bobsled team? No. <laughs> you don't have a special egg or something? Yeah. Lucky He's egg. my lucky egg. Yeah. Um, I was chatting to my mum the other day, uh, shout out to Lou, uh, and she was saying that how good is it that the Olympics is in Tokyo because the, like, the, the, the time, time difference the time is practically oh, yeah. nothing. Yep. And we can just sit at home and be well like although we're stuck at home we're actually getting something to watch the whole time we don't have to stay up super late it's really good i'm really enjoying it the best part about the world cup in south korea and japan in 2002 they're only an hour behind exactly it's the best it's so good um and so yeah it was really exciting um on friday we won gold i don't know what happened on saturday because 
Saturdays tomorrow, but also today. <laughs> <in the> so, <laughs> man, you just blew my mind. Yeah, well, that's what that's what I'm here. That's why I'm on this panel. Um, that's why you feel Olympic. Yeah, that's why I'm feeling Olympic. <laughs> uh, awesome. Just for that, Joy. How are you, mate? Oh, I'm feeling Olympic too. Are you? Oh, yes. What's making you feel Olympic? Uh, is that a green? Is that what it's green? Yeah, I like the green. I, I've um, like Ethan. It's just been really cool being able to watch the Olympics during normal time, mm. like not having it. And I, I've really, really loved the swimming and that coach who just goes mental. Like, it's just so, like, I'm just loving it. Like, he's just so into it. So, you know, loves the person he's training. And a big and just, release of emotion. Oh, I totally. Say. I just, I almost want, like, I, there was a few clips too on Facebook where it had him um, and the swimmer going, like, one on top of the other. And it was just like, I could watch that all day. <laughs> like, if all sports were like that, I'd be like, yeah, this is the best. So, yeah, so feeling, you know, really uh, excited about, uh, you know, just the Olympics in general, but um, but I also really like in, in light of that, been hearing words thrown around quite often like hero and superstar, and Ethan you were saying before, uh, goat, yep, yeah, which means for those who don't know, the greatest of all time, yeah, uh, those sort of things thrown around. I, so I, I was I was trying to think of who my Olympic heroes have been, or people that I thought throughout history that I were like, like you think of um, Kieran Perkins and the. 1500 that was like it's 1500 yep it's like epic kind of stuff mm. I, don't, I don't know what you guys like if you've got an olympic hero or well, i think uh i used to do a fair bit of swimming so i used to watch the swimming a lot i thought um i think thorpey was up there uh i was uh lucky enough to be at the sydney 2000 olympics for that four by 100 meter relay when they smashed them like guitars oh, yeah, that? Yeah. that was one of the best sporting experiences i've ever had in my life and yeah. i and i actually saw kathy freeman won her gold medal as well so that oh, was no that was pretty cool i don't know if she'd be my hero but i thought she was amazing about how mm. well she ran that race mm. other olympic heroes do you have any Ethan? um I, I don't think i do i think i think like Thorpey was amazing. There was this really cool little bit uh, that they were doing. Um, they were talking about the swimmers at the moment and they were like, oh, who's the chick that's going to potentially break, like win all her medals? Um, uh, oh, what's what's her name? Is that the Titmus type? No, yeah, the other one, I think. The Cohen? Yeah. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Anyway, one of them is going to potentially <laughs> win all these medals and become a record holding no whatever. Way. Anyway, so they were going, the way the, the presenter and stuff did it was they were walking along this wall of like, this person's the only the only people to get nine in one Olympics, the only people to get five in one, like in across, anyway, at each time they were like, oh, Thorpey, is that you? And he's like, yep, that that's me, <laughs> that, that's me. And that's, it's just cool to see that like, he's, he's so good mm. that he, um, that's held throughout time. This, yeah. uh, I think that's something that's been really, um, what's really amazing about the Olympics is that it's something that um, people look back on and like, sure, people are breaking Olympic records all the time, especially mm. in the pool I've seen this week. It's been amazing. Mm. But um, like these, these names, they, they, they get really famous and they stay. It's really, really powerful. It's mm. really cool. Mm. Yeah, I mean, um, Michael Phelps, the American swimmer, who has mm. all the records for the medals, I think, is like, what an athlete he was far mm. out. But yeah, I think... Um, have you got a different hero to talk to us about, though, Joy? Well, I was just, um, I guess, I was just reflecting on the, the heroes and the superstars, the goats of the Olympics, and uh, one kind of been uh, spoken about a lot at the moment is the American gymnast mm -hmm. who actually pulled out. So actually, instead of winning gold, actually pulled out of doing their event and has been considered a hero for doing that. 
And I know a lot of people disagree and have different thoughts on on that, but what a know, conjecture about that there isn't is, it? isn't yeah. there? You know, I think that the fact that she has, there's a lot of weight on her shoulders, mm. and I think you know whatever decision uh, she made was always going to be a difficult one and and cop flack for, I guess. Mm. Um, but she has been called a hero, and I think that's that's a, a, a right and fair thing to say. Um, and the fact that she's thinking about and looking after her mental health is fantastic. Um, but it also, uh, I guess, during the week after hearing that, somehow stumbled across another athlete in American gymnastics who was labelled a hero for actually doing, well, not quite the opposite, but something similar to the opposite. And that was, um, I, I'll probably pronounce this wrong, so if you guys know the pronunciation, <laughs> help me out here. Uh, Kerry Strug? That seems right. Is that right? I think that's right. Uh, sure. Anyway, Say it with confidence. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with it. Um, now, Kerry, I'll just call her Kerry. I think it'll be probably easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a gymnast in the 96 Atlanta Olympics. And just before her final, uh, she sprained her ankle. Uh, and as we were uh, talking to Braden before, it's like not just any sort of sprain, like full ligament tearing type thing. And she actually competed in the final with that injury and won gold. Wow. And it was absolutely amazing. And there was a, a writer uh, during the time who spoke about her heroism and said that she rightly deserves hero status for what she'd done. Mm. But he also goes on and says this little bit of lament, I guess, which is interesting. He says, we reserve the hero status these days for young men and women who can flip, sprint and swim their way into our hearts. Just kind of in the Olympics, we were hearing a lot of that sort of uh, phrasing of heroes and things and I guess it made me think that often heroes are not always those athletes or those people we see on TV they're the unsung heroes they do things behind the scenes uh, sacrifice it might be you know the mum who gives up her job or the dad who stays at home or, or whatever it might be uh, who just give up whatever it might be and sacrifices those things for the good of others and those heroes we don't hear so much about and they're heroes that we see in our churches that we don't hear so much about. And so I think Hebrews chapter 3, which we heard just read, really talks about heroes in both, in both senses. Um, and so if it's all right, I might pray and jump mm. in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm sure you, our series is called Jesus Better. I'm sure you're referring to another hero who might, may, may have made rather a large sacrifice. So yeah, yeah. Let, let you um, take it away. Thanks. How about we pray and we'll jump in. Uh, Dear gracious God, we thank you for this opportunity to uh, look at your word and to reflect. Father, we pray you give us uh, ears to hear and hearts that are soft for your word. Father, help us to to think clearly and to fix our gaze on your son, Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen. Well, as we jump into uh, Hebrews chapter 3, we're going to ask sort of three questions. The three questions are, what's the key point? Why is it the key point and what on earth does this mean for us? And so as we do that, uh, let's have a look at Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 1 where we are told what the point is. The point is this. After the the writer, uh, I guess, encourages and speaks to those he's writing to, where he says, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, here is the key point. Fix your thoughts on Jesus. And we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. Now, the writer has just been talking about Jesus as a high priest, and he'll continue to expand on that a bit further on. But he also talks about Jesus as an apostle. And that's kind of a bit weird because it's, I think from memory, this is the only place where Jesus is referred to as an apostle. 
And I think what the writer is just trying to get out of that he's got a message and he's taking the message, the good news out, just as the apostles did. And so we have uh, this key idea here is to fix our thoughts on Jesus. But even more, it continues on and says that we are to fix our thoughts on Jesus because he was faithful to the one who appointed him. So the point for the writer of Hebrews here for us is for us to fix our eyes on Jesus as the one who is faithful to the end. Basically he's saying here is the one who has been faithful and worth looking at. Uh, A person who's worth emulating, someone to look at and to mirror our lives on. But he doesn't just leave it there because he goes on and talks about another hero. And this hero is Moses. Now, Moses would have held a special place in the hearts of the Jews in the first century. He was considered one of the greatest people in the Jewish Jewish, uh, tradition, the Jewish history. And some actually expected the Messiah to come like Moses or as a new Moses, which Deuteronomy uh, 18, 15 to 18 tells us. And some even actually held Moses uh, to even a higher level or a higher status than angels themselves, which actually plays in really well from what we looked at last week and what came in chapter 2, where we find Jesus is better than angels. And so the writer of Hebrews is flowing on from that to say, well, you know, even better than angels, even better than Moses is Jesus. And so when we get to verse 3, we see that there is this contrast between these two heroes, hero of the Old Testament and the hero of all time. And we see that uh, the writer of Hebrews uh, contrasts these two in in two different ways. Uh, First is he talks about or uses this analogy of a building, that you don't go into a, a house that's just been built and say, Oh, look how beautiful this house is. It's so amazing that this house built itself. Hmm. Right? No builder would, would, uh, would find that offensive at all. Right? Like, <laughs> it doesn't happen the way. You, you might marvel at a building, but you give credit to the one who built the house for their workmanship. And so the writer here talks about Moses more like a house that's been built, but then contrasts that with Jesus, who is the one who does the building. He is the builder of all things. And he goes on even further and then we'll just talk about, we'll take this building or this house uh, analogy even further and uh, he'll say that uh, in verse 5, that Moses was a faithful, sorry, Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. And so we see two things. In this house... Moses is a servant, but he's also inside the house. He is a member of that house. But then when it continues on in verse 6, we see the contrast. But Christ is faithful as the son over God's house. So you see the, the difference there? Moses was in the house. Jesus is over the house. Moses was a servant. Jesus is the son. So your son is faithful out of obligation, but a son is faithful because that is who he is as a family member, a family member who is faithful to the family, faithful to his father. And so the two are contrasted in such a, a unique way. He's not, the writer's not saying that you shouldn't have Moses as your hero and 
kind of poo-pooing it, is actually taking this hero, Moses, and building on it and saying, yes, Moses is good, but Jesus is better. Saying, here it is. And then what the writer does is he moves on and says that this house that Jesus is over, this house is the people of God. Those who, we, we see, are the ones who hold on to our courage and hope which we boast in. Those who hold fast to the, the courage, to the confidence that we have, to that hope. This idea that, that we, we have confidence in the face of adversity, we have confidence when those around us might be ridiculing us or persecuting us. This hope that no matter what we go through in life, if we hold on to Jesus, he will see us into eternity. And as people who are in that house, who are holding onto that confidence, onto that hope, we are told how we are then to live by instead of the positive, which we've just looked at, it moves on to a negative. And that negative is drawing the, the comparison with those who Moses brought out of Egypt into the wilderness. And we see that in verses 7 through to 19, where we see that the Israelites, as they were in the wilderness, failed to be faithful to God. And it's a little bit how uh, Paul in 1 Corinthians 10 talks about the lessons we can learn from those uh, in the Old Testament, in particular those who Moses led uh, out of Egypt into the desert, so that we might avoid Israel's mistakes. See, in 1 Corinthians 10, Paul kind of itemizes the various uh, sins that are to be ignored or to be, uh, to be learned from so that we don't make those same mistakes. In fact, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10, 11, he says these words, These things happen to them as an example and were written down as warnings for us on whom the fulfilment of the age has come. So Paul is saying these things that he is reminding them of and the writer of the Hebrews is, is reminding us of are warnings so that we don't go down that same path as we are on our walk with God. That, that path we stay clear of as we walk with God in this direction. Now that warning comes in the light of almost a commentary of Psalm 97. I encourage you to have a read of it later. But it comes up twice. It starts that section in verses 7 through to 11 and then comes up again later in verse 15. Yeah, in verse 15 and a bit of 16 there. And the warning is this, that we are to not stop hearing the voice of Jesus. That's how verse seven, uh, verse 7 starts. So those who are in the house of God, those who are in the house that Jesus is over, so as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness. And so there's this sense where the writer comes back to that key point that key point of focusing or fixing our, uh, focusing our gaze, where it says fix our thoughts on Jesus. It says fix our ears on Jesus as we hear him so that we will not go in the way of rebellion as they did as they wandered through the wilderness. And I guess that's the, that's the question, isn't it? Is it? How does this 
fixing our thoughts on Jesus, what does that mean for us? How does that play out? Well, for me, this has been a real great reminder that uh, our walk with God is a community project. It's not something that we do alone. See, I know there are a number of Christians who like to live out their Christian life almost unknown to others. To live in churches almost to, sorry to use the, uh, the language that we're hearing a lot at the moment, but living in a life in churches almost as casual contacts instead of close <laughs> contacts. Does that work? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're actually not really getting to know each other. We're not actually uh, developing close relationships with one another. We don't go much deeper than how is the weather? Mm. Oh, what's your favourite food? Oh, sporting teams. Oh, I went and saw this movie. Oh, I'm really getting into this music at the moment. Oh, have a look at this cute picture that I took of my child doing this. We don't move beyond those things. We become casual rather than close. And what actually ends up, I think ends up happening, and go with me on this, is I think we end up taking fellowship and downgrading it to more of what we would find in the local pub. And so instead of fellowship, I'm going to start a word and I'm going to call it pubship. <laughs> Right, because I think it's 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 that's just that surface level relationship that you would get at the pub. You don't go into deep, meaningful conversations about things you're struggling with and things you're learning and uh, and what you need help with. You don't do those things in your local pub. But somehow that sort of culture has crept into our churches. And I think Hebrews uh, chapter three, twelve to thirteen, really hits home at our need for community, for real fellowship. I know that there are some churches that are going are saying how wonderful it is that we're in lockdown because it's showing us that we don't need to depend on our, our time at church. We don't need to worry about physical meeting together. We can do this ourselves. I think that Hebrews 3, 12, 13 says something different because it says this. It says, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. You see that? See, this is telling us, the, Hebrew, the writer of Hebrews is telling us why we need fellowship, why we need to be in relationship with each other. The reason quite simply is that it humbles us. And this is what I mean. You might think, well, I don't quite get what that means. What does it mean, humbles us? How does those close relationships do that? Well, maybe I'll put it this way. Uh, I'm blind. Not physically. I can see. Well, as long as I've got my glasses on, things are all right. Otherwise, I get a bit fuzzy. But um, what I mean by that is that I, as much as I would like to think that I know myself and I see myself well, the fact is that I don't. And the reason for that is that sin blinds me to me. Sin blocks my sight of areas in my life that I've actually stopped listening to the voice of Jesus. That hardness has actually started to, to creep in and start to set in. And so, in, in, I guess the fact that if I, if I keep myself isolated, I keep that blindness growing and more and more areas in my life are left unattended. And that's the great danger of this sort of blindness. See, a physically blind person knows that they are blind. You don't see them running around going, I'm not blind, and running into things. They know that they're blind and they work around it. 
They have tools to be able to navigate life. And so for us, sin blinds us to our spiritual blindness. So the problem is that we don't even know that we're blind or we don't even acknowledge that we are blind. We think that we can see, but the truth is that we can't. And that's why I think that that our walk with God is a community project because we need each other. We need to be open to one another so that we can shine the light of Jesus into those dark, unseen areas of our lives. So that we might be able to say, hey, look, that ground over there is looking a bit hard. In which we respond, well, I can't see it. It's like, well, yeah, because there's something getting in the way. And that's what I mean. This fellowship actually humbles us. Because we have to humble ourselves and say, oh, I didn't see that and that needs correcting. But how often do we, in those moments when someone points something out, we get all defensive and go, oh, I'm not, you are, (laughs) all those sorts of things. And so there's a humbleness that needs to to go with these relationships, with with this fellowship. Because I think right now, more than ever, we need to, to work out new and creative ways to do this because we are physically isolated from each other. We're not actually choosing to isolate, but we have to isolate. We have to, we're in lockdown. And so we need each other more now than ever. I speak to many people where we're getting out of routines and Bible reading and prayer are some of those things that are going by the wayside. We're finding, we're struggling just to even do church online because it feels so foreign. There's these, things, these blocks that have been put before us that are actually stopping us from being in relationship, not just with each other, but with actually to hear the voice of Jesus. And so I want to encourage us to think of new and creative ways to reach out to each other. I think last week in the newsletter I, I wrote that you know, we've lost the art of writing an actual letter, like physically with pen and paper and, and mailing it to someone. That is such an, a great encouragement, receiving a, mail, uh, a letter in the mail that's not a bill, <laughs> not your rego, it's not anything bad, but it's actually a letter that someone's handcrafted. They've taken the time and the energy to actually write something, not type it in an email, but physically write it. Maybe there are other ways. Maybe they're going for walks with one another, whatever it might be. I want to encourage us to get out there and encourage one another. Don't wait for people to come to us. Actually, say to people, we've, we've already talked about these, um, these, these three areas, these three colours. We could, in a text, to say, feeling green, feeling orange, feeling red, to allow each other to love and serve each other, to get alongside each other and encourage each other to keep hold, to hold firm to the confidence and the hope that we have in Jesus. Because if we don't, when we let those little things fester and harden, then they'll move on to other things. And I guess I, want to, I just want to finish with this one story. And there's this story. I love this. It's a funny story. Uh, it's a story of a, of a lady uh, who was um, on holidays and didn't go anywhere but just stayed home. And she noticed uh, a couple of bees going in and out of uh, a, a sort of dislodged tile on her roof. And she didn't think anything of it and let it go for a, a, you know, a few months. And before she realised... Actually, she was totally unaware of it, that those few bees that actually turned, turned into thousands of bees who had actually made a, is it a nest, a hive, hive, a hive in her roof, which she didn't discover until the ceiling collapsed under the weight of the beehive. Ugh. And all these angry bees <laughs> just descended through the roof line into her house. 
Now she got out unscathed. She didn't get it, you know, stung badly or anything like that, and she survived. But I think that's a great example of what sin's like. One little sin, two little sins, ah, oh, it's not a big deal. We leave them unchecked. Sooner or later, we have a beehive in our roof and it collapses the ceiling. And her house was unable to be fixed after that. I had to knock it down and rebuild it. Let's not let ourselves get to that state. Let's not let each other get to that point. If we see bees flying into someone's roof of their life, let's say something. Get alongside, encourage each other, spur one another on. As long as it is still today, don't wait till tomorrow. How often do we say, I'll do that tomorrow? Let's not let be that one. Let, let not, let's not let that be one of those things that we wait till to tomorrow. Let's fix our thoughts on Jesus. Let's encourage each other to keep fixing our thoughts on Jesus as we go through this time. Let's not wait. Let's not put it off. Let's not... I guess let's not be so full of pride that we don't see our own blindness. Let's get alongside each other in whatever way we can during this lock time. And when we come out of lock time, it's not, we don't stop doing it. And encourage each other to keep holding firmly to the confidence and the hope that we have in Jesus. Let me pray. Our dear gracious God, we pray that we may hold firmly to the confidence and the hope that we have in Jesus. That we'd fix our, our hearts, our minds, our thoughts on your son, Jesus. And that you would help us to think of new and creative ways to encourage one another in our walk with you. And Father, pray too that you would give us such a sense of urgency that we would not put it off, but that we would do it today, as long as it is still called today. And Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, John. Uh, give us plenty of food for thought. Um, bit of honey. A bit, <laughs> bit of honey. Hopefully not a beehive on your yeah, head. That sounds rough. I, th- I feel like I'd, I'd be traumatised, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Like that would be terrifying. Yeah. yeah. It would be. Yeah. Would you just live outside the whole time? I think so. Well, I'd never, I'd, I'd move out of that neighbourhood. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know what you would do. I don't know no. what you'd do. Um, I was... Um, Found it really interesting when you were talking about uh, we're, our series is called Jesus is Better, but we're also talking about Jesus being a builder and mm. he's better because he's building on top of what everything the forefathers have done prior to him um, and especially Moses was someone that you talked about. Mm. And it's a reminder, I think, of God's holistic plan across the whole of humanity that we, we're only just a speck in that time continuum. It's mm. very different to God. I'm just wondering if you can kind of... The Hebrews write a likes to touch on a lot of Old Testament writing. Mm. I'm just wondering if you might be able to play out that a little bit for everyone listening um, in terms of God's holistic plan from the Old Testament up to Jesus and why Jesus is better and better than those forefathers. Mm. Yeah, um, that's a good question. I think the, the writer of Hebrews does kind of assume a lot of knowledge, prior knowledge of the Old Testament because of who he's writing yeah. to. And so it can be really tricky for us mm. to get our heads around um, and I think the fact that uh, throughout the Old Testament, we see these, I, I use the, the word heroes pop up, uh, prophets, uh, leaders, kings, where God works through them to show that he is looking after his people and caring for his people, but also that he has, a, as you say, a bigger picture in mind. He's got uh, a, a timeline 
that is unseen to the rest of humanity and to the rest of his people that he's working towards. And all those leaders, all those prophets, all those kings are all pointing to the better, the greater Jesus, which is why they even, uh, the idea that the, the new Moses would be actually an improvement on Moses, that he'd be better than Moses. Not that he'd be exactly the same, mm. not a sort of cardboard cutout, but the new Moses would be the Messiah, the one who would conquer all things. And so all the, all the Old Testament is pointing in that direction that Jesus will come and be that fulfilment. I think I've, I, I didn't fully understand the Old Testament for quite a while. Uh, Ethan, is that something that you maybe had a better grasp on than myself for a long time? What do you reckon? I don't know. I think... Actually, no, I don't think... I think I didn't get a full grasp on it for a long time. I think uh, I had a really big moment. So I did a program with YouthWorks called Year 13 uh, when I finished high school. And that had a bunch of... Um, diploma of Christian studies subjects uh, throughout that. And one of them it was called uh, Biblical Theology of Mission. And it just took us through the, like, through the Bible. And it was just like, here's how it all links together. And I was every week leaving one of those classes with my mind blown. Like <laughs> it was awesome to, to hear stories I had been reading and learning about all my life, like I'd been a Christian, I've been a Christian since I was a real little kid and doing that subject was really cool because I came away from all of that like, oh my gosh, like this is, it all fits and it does like, mm. like that, that whole, um, that, that, that stuff about um, there's going to be a, a better Moses coming. Yeah. Like that, even that is just this really cool little bit that for the, for the people at the time, they were like, oh, cool. There's going to be another guy that's going to be just like that. He's going to let, let set out people free, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But when it actually is true in Jesus, it's, it's still shocking mm. and still magnificent and new and unexpected, but also really expected. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite amazing. Yeah. Talking that holistic plan, um, you referenced uh, Psalm 97, but then also. 95. 95? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. I sorry, said 97. Sorry, if I said 97, it's 95. That's right. Well, check out 97 too. It's probably pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um, all good. But then that's an Old Testament reference and a New Testament reference. and But the this message is the same there of fixing our thoughts, eyes and ears on Jesus. Mm. And um, how he talks about not hardening our hearts mm. and, it's not, and, prevent, and not allowing us to stop. Hang on, what, how are we going to say this? We don't want to stop hearing the voice of Jesus. Yeah. There we go. I got that yeah. out. Um, I just want to like, I know we keep coming back to this, but I think it's really important across all the digital services. I just want to like keep talking about ways that we stop hearing the voice of Jesus. Cause I'm just as sinful as anyone else. I do the same thing. I stop hearing the voice of Jesus. Mm. Um, what can we talk about in regards to this? Like, I, I think that I, there's, I've, I've been in situations where I'm just this week thinking like, I didn't even think about God or Jesus in regards to this. And then I have this thing of like, I can just like, I have this image where I can just lift whatever burden it is I'm thinking about and go, huh, and throw it to God kind of thing. Yep. Um, is that a similar experience for you? Yeah, yeah. Look, um, I think, uh, oh yeah, there's so much to say. And that's, that's the beauty of, of Hebrews 3 is there's so much to say. So much I could have said that I had to leave out so we weren't here forever and ever. Um, <laughs> but there, there is a sense, and the, the writer picks up on this idea too, uh, that we can sometimes go, well, I made, I made my confession of faith. I'm a Christian. I'm done. And it's hands off. I, don't, I can do whatever. 
and just let things go. Um, and there is that danger that when we do that, that I guess we, we're not living faithfully as the encouragement is. Um, and that's, I think, when we, when, we, we st- when we start thinking, it doesn't matter what I do, Jesus, I'm saved, that's it. Um, the, the, the idea that we work out our salvation with fear and trembling, we've actually got to put into it. Um, and I think what we can, I, I think there have been times in my life where, yeah, I think I've stopped listening and started looking inward, I guess, being more focused on what I can do. I can, I can solve this problem. One of the funny, oh, please use that word funny, but it's not, you know, there's, there's one of these uh, interesting, amazing things is that sooner or later, something comes that we realise we can't deal with and it draws us back to, back to God. I remember hearing uh, a quote, and I wish I could remember who it was who said it. I used it in a sermon a couple of months ago, but I still can't remember. Anyway. Um, that, that God uh, whispers to us in our pleasure, but shouts at us in our difficulties, in our, in our trials. Um, and I think what, we, what we've got used to is we've got used to uh, a culture of sound bites, just little bits and pieces that we're rushing from one thing to the other, that we've actually stopped slowing down and listening. And one of the interesting things, and again, something that I was going to include, I can say it now because <laughs> it's not really part of the sermon, but, but um, is that often what we find ourselves doing is we rush to God and those who rush to God rush out. If we rush, if we rush to being in friendship with God, we often are so busy because we're in a rush that we're in a hurry to get out. Yeah. So my quiet time, I'm busy. I've got five minutes, that's it. We rush in and then we rush out. And it actually, at that point, when we're in that state, it actually has very little impact because we're not listening. We're just ticking. Doing. Yeah. So I don't know if that answers your question. No, it's, I think that's cool. I mean, I mean, it's thinking that even we were talking, we actually recorded an episode earlier this morning, Ethan, about the Chip Lunch podcast where yes. we, at some times, we, things are going well, so we really rely on God. But then mm. other times, things aren't going well, so we don't, and we don't rely on him. And then, or we, or vice versa, like we flip it around. Yeah. But it is about why is our why is our heart hardened to God at the time, and then why are we not listening? Um, is you, you, I remember you saying that you you didn't was it you didn't think God was you weren't seeking God when it was hard. Was that right? Was no, that it was, that was the other way around? Yeah, yeah so it, it was, was the other way around. Yeah, so I was finding it heaps easier to rush to God when I've got nothing left uh, when we, cause we were the, the context of the conversation was we were talking about being in control of stuff of, mm. a, of a situation that we're in. And um, I was sharing that I can often feel like I'm really competent at the stuff I'm doing. And it is only when I am fully <laughs> like, I can't do anything else. Like I am so lost that I, that's when I'm crying out mm. um, and something that I need to try and do as a person uh, and something I've been striving to get better at doing for a long time now uh, has been going to God, whether I'm in control or not. Um, that's been something, that's something I shared on the on the podcast. Mm. Uh, check that out. Yeah, check it out. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, nice plug. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it was a C.S. Lewis quote too. Yes, the, that's right. Um, he, he, in, in that same little section, he says that um, suffering is God's megaphone to a deaf yes. world, yes. which is such a good line. 
It's um, so good. Yeah, it's very, very cool. Yeah, so we should still, let's try and uh, stick to the megaphone and hear what the megaphone is saying from God. I think the other thing that I really picked up, the final point that I really got from your talk, uh, Joy, was and especially applicable to the time right now where we're unable to see each other physically mm. is why fellowship and being in relationship with each other is really important. And I'd really love to expand on this a little bit more is that you said it humbles us. Mm. Can you talk to us about that more? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the way I think it, it, the reason why I use that, that word in our relationship when we actually have close relationships with each other is that a close relationship open, says I'm open for you to talk into my life. I'm open for you to uh, see things that I can't see. And so there needs, uh, there's no room for pride in that. Because pride will actually buck and scream like a, a child being told they need to eat their greens and doesn't want to, right? It's that kind of thing. Um, and the times where I've seen people fall in, uh, in, their, in their Christian walk is because they've closed themselves off to others. Um, I, I just recently talking with Stu, uh, who is a very dear friend of mine and has been for a long time, uh, where we have committed to opening ourselves up before each other to correct each other and he had some things to correct me on which was amazing because I was able to go oh I didn't realize that's what I was doing I didn't realize that the consequence of that meant this I just thought xyz you know what I mean and so I think um, that that's that's a humble response where if he if I wasn't willing for him to do that I'd have gone oh you're worse or <laughs> no I don't or you know there's good reasons why I do that and you've got no idea I think that's that's often um, uh, you know the, the the contrast of the two, and we can go through our church life like that too. We don't let people speak into our lives, um, and and sometimes there are people who are willing to speak into other people's lives, but not willing to speak into you know not willing to allow you to speak into their life, mm-hmm. and so they almost set themselves up as a guru, uh, in a sense, uh, and I think that's equally da- uh, damaging and hurtful as well. Um, so yeah, I've kind of forgotten the question, but I think that. That's cool, man. That's cool. I was just talking about why why we were um, uh, why being in relationship is what humbles us, and I think that's true. Yeah. I think what yeah. you're saying it pulls us up and makes sure that we are um, listening to God mm-hmm. is the one thing you've been talking about, and that's another reason why Jesus is better because He helps us to do that and He reconciles us with God and each other, yeah. being able to have better relationships, being able to do that. Yeah. Um, thank you very much for your talk. Right, really interesting. Thank Thanks for joining us, Ethan. Good to be here. And we'll wrap it up there, and we'll be back soon.
Welcome back, everyone. We are, I'm very glad to say that I'm joined again by Cassie, and we are going to be uh, doing prayers right now, so I'm going to hand over to her and take it away. Thanks, Joel. Thank you. Just get this ready on my phone. All right. Um, please pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, um, we thank you so much that we can still gather here together um, digitally. Um, we thank you for the blessing um, of all the people that are putting all of this together, all of the effort that's gone into it um, and all of the fun that it has been. Um, Lord, we thank you tonight for the healing of Darren um, of his cancer. We thank you for 
the amazing news that Tracy's brother-in-law, Darren, has been healed of his cancer after months of chemo and radiation and surgery. Um, We thank you, Lord, that um, everything is looking good. Um, Thank you that you are a God who heals and who listens to our prayers. Um, Lord, we also pray for those who are impacted by COVID. Um, We pray for those in our community and across the world who are dealing with the impacts of COVID. Um, We pray that you will intervene and bring an end to the cycle of infection that continues to spread across our world. We pray also, Lord, for those who are sick or struggling, um, whether it be um, COVID-related or not. Um, We pray that your peace would be on them and that they would know your loving presence and um, be given patience that they need to get through this time. Lord, we also pray for emotional health as the lockdown continues um, for the next four weeks at least. Um, we pray that you'll be with us um, and that we would find a new, new and effective ways that we can support each other during this time. Lord, we also pray for Jake and Trista Sell. Um, we pray for Karen and Anthony's daughter-in-law, Trista, who's experiencing complications with a third trimester pregnancy. We pray that this lasts a few more weeks um, and that the, there will be a safe delivery of a healthy baby. Um, we also pray for the new little bubbers who have arrived. Um, we thank you so much for uh, the arrival of little Florence and of Alfie and of Everly. And we thank you so much, Lord, um, that they are well and healthy. Um, but we also pray that you will bring your peace and comfort upon them uh, and their families as they try and get through um, the the new bub uh, weeks in, in lockdown, which would be quite difficult. Um, yeah, we just pray that you will be comforting them uh, and supporting them in every way um, that and they that we can. Uh, Lord, I just pray all of these things in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Cassie. Oh, thank you, Joel. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, one of the cool things uh, that my son actually alerted me to was he's like, I'm glad that the Olympics are on during lockdown. I'm oh, like, absolutely. that's good, man, because he really enjoyed it. Have you been enjoying the Olympics yourself? Loving the Olympics? Yes. Um, yeah, like it, it's it's a bit of a like, oh, do I watch Gladys or do I watch the swimming races? Absolutely, it's swimming races. I've been loving all the golds in the pool, actually. It's yeah. pretty exciting. I think uh, like 20 minutes ago, we not got another gold, McEwen or... Oh, did we? Yeah, yeah, so exciting. Excellent. Very exciting. She's a, bit, she's a bit of a star. She is a star, superstar. We're very good at swimming. Yeah, the canoeing, oh, so good. Oh, you like the canoeing? Yeah. Like the oh, just that we got a gold. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, one of my favourites, I really enjoy... My daughter actually has really enjoyed artistic gymnastics. She's yes. really got a love for it now, which is really interesting. So, like, that's cool. And hopefully, we can get you into some g- gymnastics classes soon. Mm. Um, What's your favorite obscure sport? In oh, I really Joel? like. Um, well, I actually really enjoyed the mountain biking because the course is pretty cool. But mm. the one that I really like is handball. Oh, yeah. Handball is really fun to watch because it's almost like I'm a big fan of soccer. And it's almost like soccer, but with your hands. With your hands. And, like, it's just like how athletic they are. and that's really enjoyable. Um, not too sure about three-on-three basketball. Yeah, it's a bit weird. That isn't seems it? a bit strange, but 
Kind of like us playing basketball out on, on in the courts out here. Out well, the I don't church. know about yourself. I'm terrible at basketball. So. Oh, I'm good. <laughs> no, 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 no. Someone's um, got to lift me up to get the ball in the hoop. <laughs> <laughs> I did come very close to dunking at school, at the school one once, and I couldn't get the ball over there. And I'm like, that's my claim to fame. Is like, I'm a really short guy. I almost I could, got there. I almost dunked it, guys. <laughs> that's about it. That's the only Amazing thing I can do. Job. Actually, we spent a lot of scripture lessons <laughs> trying to dunk the ball at school. Not scripture. Like and with your rubbish into the bin? Or? No, basketball. You did outdoor scripture. Yeah, we had, we on at our school, Gaimi Hoi, represent. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had, uh, on a Tuesday afternoons, there was a scripture lesson, like an optional scripture lesson. So we were hanging around on a Tuesday afternoons and people like Fee and Stu would come and Chris Stevens, for example, would come and hang out with us and talk to us about the Bible, but we spent a lot of time trying to dunk it into this, <laughs> <laughs> trying to be an NBA star. Um, Amazing. Thank you very much for joining us, Cassie. Oh, no worries. Thank you. Anytime. To, thank you, anytime. Um, thank you very much to everyone joining us online. We really appreciate it. Keep thinking about the uh, red, amber, and green thing. We're really keen to know how you guys are going. Um, it is a difficult time right now, so let us know. Something else to... Um, also check out the newsletter it gives you all the details on how that actually works and if you feel like sending a quick text to anyone that you know just with the just with the color that'll let us know how you're going and we can help out if you need support something to check out the third season of the shock absorber has begun Uh, we're talking about how to engage young people in the church our first episode was does the church have an image problem so you might want to check that out and we also have the chip lunch podcast which keeps coming out every thursday where you talk about being a young christian and growing up as a Christian uh, during high school and beyond. Thank you very much, guys. We really appreciate it. And we're going to finish up with... Uh, Cassie, you're going to help me out? One way. Oh, one way. <laughs> 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 Try it again. Ready, ready? One, one way. way. <laughs>